Great to see you guys. Hi, Lincoln. Thank you. Yeah. Good morning, friends at home. Did you mention, Daniel, about the drive-thru? Did you say that part? Yeah. Hey, I just want to add, for those of you at home, so those um, Advent packets are here at the community center as well as some donut holes, all bagged up in separate bags for you guys. So right after the gathering, come on by. We'll be out front at some tables. Lori will be there with her team. And they have donut holes and they have Advent packets. People in the room are already eating. Good for you. Good call. No, no, you're not breaking any laws. That's great. (laughs) You at home, come on down as quick as you can after the gathering, and we have those things for you. 1130. If you don't come, that means we're going to come to you, which we're happy to do. But don't everybody wait for us. Most of you need to come here, please. (laughs) All right. So Advent, the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, We've found, as we've talked to you guys on and off over the last couple of years, that Advent, for some of you, you've been doing it all your life. It's a part of your faith tradition. It's a part of the denomination that you're a part of. Some of us have not practiced Advent at all. Maybe you haven't at all until this particular Advent, and you find yourselves wondering what it is. So just briefly, I'll say to you, and especially for the sake of our children, Advent particularly means arrival. If there's any word that you might be more familiar with to define Advent, that one word is arrival. So we would say right now that in just three weeks, there is the advent of winter. Lincoln, what do I mean by that when I say the advent of winter? Yeah, right. There you go. You did it. (laughs) The arrival of winter. So we are celebrating arrival when we celebrate Advent. The church has been doing this celebration in one form or another. It's been a lot of different ways, but they've been doing it for 1,500 years. So it's a long-standing tradition that belongs to the whole church. And the idea is that we are anticipating the arrival of who? Yes, the universal answer to every church question. (laughs) Jesus, that's right. We're anticipating that Advent. And I want to let you know, too, that it's tradition that at Advent we we are anticipating two different arrivals of Jesus. How many of those arrivals have already happened? That's right, Ruby. One of them has already happened. That means there's another one coming later. Do you know when? Lincoln? In the end times. That's a good answer because we don't know what that date is, right? We don't even know what year it is. We just know it's called the end of time, and that's coming. So both Advents are celebrated by the church during this season of Advent. The good news is our Christmas is full of some wonderful things. And I love the word and. I think sometimes we feel like the word or is the more appropriate. Like I can either celebrate Jesus or I can celebrate my family and presence. Or I can either celebrate Jesus or I can celebrate Santa Claus. The good news is it's not an or, it's an and. It's all a part of it. When we purpose everything for the sake of Jesus, we can bring everything under his story. And so some of you have already been shopping. How many of you out there have already got some Christmas presents They've already arrived. Amazon boxes filling some room in your house already, right? For sure. That's a great thing. And maybe, how many of you have already decorated your home? Anybody out there? Yeah, for sure. We did a bunch of decorations over the last two days. That's all amazing stuff. You're getting ready for the advent or the arrival of that day. And that's what we're doing today as a church, is to get our hearts ready for the advent specifically of celebrating Jesus. We want to celebrate particularly four gifts that Jesus gives to his people. 
He gives the gift of hope. He gives the gift of peace. He gives the gift of joy. And he gives the gift of love. Now, you can probably think of a bunch of other gifts as well, but I'll bet they all fit somewhere inside those four. And today, the first Sunday of Advent, we are going to talk about this first gift that we call hope. So, I need everybody right now to turn in their Bibles because we're going to read this, this one verse together to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. So if you've got your Bible close by or your tablet or your phone, let's look at it together. We're going to be reading it out of the NIV because this is your weekly memory verse in your Advent celebration packet. So we're going to work together right now to begin memorizing the verse together. And we're going to say it three times together. And I'm just going to say the word again, and then we'll repeat it. And lastly, I'd like you to start out kind of softly, second time through, a nice, normal talking voice. And then the third time through, I want you to add some enthusiasm to it and really read it because if you look in the translation, there's exclamation marks at the end. And if we're going to read it right, we want to exclaim it. So again, this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, reading it three times on your mark. Get set. Go, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Again, a little louder. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because he and his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Nice and loud, again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. All right, not too bad. All right, that's your memory verse, so you've already started working on it. And everything that I have to say today flows out of this verse. I do want to build on what we just said together, because believe it or not, what you read was only like half of the sentence that Peter writes. So please listen carefully, and I'm going to read all of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. You can probably look at it there in your Bible. Here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Lincoln, you talked about that, in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the testing, the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lori. <clears throat> so let's talk about this idea of hope and the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the Hebrew language, there's a couple of different words for hope. 
and I won't try to pronounce them for you, and I won't ask you to say them, but there are a couple of different words, and both of them lean heavy on the idea of waiting, of waiting. If they were to say a synonym in Hebrew for this idea of hope, one of the first synonyms that they would choose to use is the word waiting. I don't know that that's the first word that we think of when we think of it, but it wasn't too long ago when I was kind of, oh, in that kind of a slump mood. Anybody been in a slump mood in the last uh, six months, (laughs) right? Yeah. And part of my thought was this. Part of my thought was this, and it was really a prayer to God, and I said, God, the waiting is so hard. (laughs) I'm kind of tired of waiting. I'm waiting for so many things. The biggest thing on my mind at the time was I'm waiting for this pandemic to be over. That would be awesome. But then the more I thought about it, too, I thought, you know, I'm waiting for certain things in my family to get better. There are some things, most things are good, but some things are not good in my own family, in my own household, and I'm, I'm waiting for those to get better. And while I'm thinking about it, I'm actually waiting for myself to kind of keep growing up in some ways. Like, oh man, I'm tired of waiting for me to get over this or to get over that. And just had this strong sense of, man, I am really tired of waiting. 61 years of waiting, some of that stuff. Not, very few of you in this room, and only a few of you out there can say you've been waiting that long. But you have been waiting your whole life. And so for me, this particular passage and these ideas today about Advent are super hopeful because they speak into that heart that is restless and weary from waiting so long. I want you to think about this, and this is why Israel used this concept of waiting with hoping. What did I just say? Hoping? Yeah. With hoping. So, at the time when Jesus came onto the scene, do you know how long Israel had been waiting to be freed from foreign governments? The nation of Israel had been under the rule of foreign governments for a while. How long had they been waiting? Lincoln? It's pretty long. It's actually 600 years. Yeah, they had been waiting 600 years. The people of Israel kept telling their children and their grandchildren, one day we will be free. One day we will be free. But none of them, even though they might have lived 100 or 120 years, saw it in their own lifetime. And they told their kids, and their kids didn't see it. And they told their kids, and their kids didn't see it. They had been waiting 600 years. Here's another question for you. How long at the time when Jesus arrived had Israel been waiting for the glory of their kingdom being led by a righteous king? That would be David. How long had it been since Israel was ruled by David? That's a great guess. You nailed it. (laughs) Good job. 1,000 years. There had been a bunch of kings, but most of them did not rule well. There had been a divided kingdom, but the kingdom was not in the fullness of its glory for 1,000 years. Man, I've been waiting for the pandemic for six months. (laughs) My six months is sounding very small right now. Finally, my last question, since uh, at the time when Jesus arrived on the scene, how long had humanity been waiting for freedom from sin? In other words, God spoke to Eve a prophecy, and she said, and this was in that day when sin was discovered and they had failed to obey God, it was a very sad, dark day. 
But on that sad, dark day, God spoke a prophecy directly to Eve, and he said, I will raise up someone who will be one of your descendants, and he will overcome evil. How long had humanity been waiting until this time? Lincoln, can you guess this one? Sorry. 4,000 years. 4,000 years. When I heard that and realized that, in light of my waiting for Jesus to come again, which has been 2,000 years, I was like, shoot, we're only halfway there. (laughs) Humanity waited 4,000 years. Here's some beautiful and amazing news. Do you kind of understand now, as we look at that history, how, how amazing the coming of Jesus is? Humanity had been waiting 4,000 years for a Savior. The Jewish nation had been waiting 1,000 years for a good king to rule their government. And the political nation was waiting for freedom from the rulership of other people 600 years. So much anticipation. And here's the beautiful thing. Who was Jesus revealed to first? He was revealed to obviously mom and dad. They had to be there. But the first audience was a group of shepherds. They knew this history. They knew these ideas. They were Jewish. And say they were well aware of all of these realities. And then maybe we think as many as two years later, there's a group of wise men that came from the east away from Israel because they had followed the stars and they had understood the signs that God had put in the sky and they had interpreted them properly and they were anticipating the coming of Jesus as well. And they came with gifts to share with him. But I want to focus today in talking about waiting on two other people that were waiting. I want to read for you out of the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. Listen carefully and then we'll talk about these two people. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Consolation is another word for comfort, by the way, waiting for the comfort or the hope of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. What a promise. After waiting for hundreds of years, the Holy Spirit let him know that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, so that's Mary and Joseph, brought in Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took the baby in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Simeon had the blessing of knowing that before he died, even though his ancestors had been waiting hundreds of years, no one knew in what generation this Messiah would come. The Holy Spirit graciously let him know before you die, Your eyes will see this one. Did Simeon see all of these things come true? Did he see Israel set free? Did he see a king established? No, he didn't even see Jesus die on the cross. He didn't even see Jesus rise from the dead. What did he see? The baby Jesus. That's right. Yeah, thank you, Ruby. 
He saw the baby Jesus. That's all he had to see. What I want you to catch in this is that this man, and there was another person, a woman. Her name was Anna. Anna was also a prophetess. She had the same story. She had been so close to the Holy Spirit. In fact, Anna had been married one time. She was married as a young person. Her husband died after seven years. So she might have been maybe 30 years old, if that, when he died. This, at this time, she was over 80 years old. She had been waiting in the temple for 50 years to see Jesus. And just like Simeon, the Holy Spirit told her, today's the day, go to the temple, and you're going to see him. But here's the thing to catch today. All they saw was Jesus. They didn't see all of their hopes fulfilled. They didn't see it all come true. But what was enough for them was to know, I have seen and I know Jesus now. I have seen him face to face. This is the guy. This is the one. This is the chosen one. They didn't actually see it all come true. And what I'm trying to say to you and to me is that hope is a person. Hope is a person. Hope is not necessarily primarily an event. It's not necessarily the fulfillment of all that we desire, but in the kingdom of God, hope is a person, and the person's name is Jesus. The apostles struggled with this idea. Like you and me, the apostles were really waiting for certain things to happen. And I want to say to you that that's not wrong. We are certainly called to anticipate the coming of Jesus Christ. We're called to anticipate freedom from sin. We're called to anticipate growth and maturity. We're called to anticipate the end of a pandemic because we're praying for it. These are all good things, but our highest hope and our surest hope is in a person, not an event, and that person is Jesus Christ. Here's where the apostles were struggling a little bit. I want you to listen to the last thing they said to Jesus before he ascended. This is the last thing they said. So, they had all come together and they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? What were they asking for? Lord, at this time, are you going to give us back the glory that we as a nation had when David sat on the throne? We thought that's why you were coming. We thought that's what Messiah was all about, being a king and changing our government. And what does Jesus reply? It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. In other words, Jesus is saying, friends, I don't want you to struggle with certain things coming true. I don't want you to struggle with the timing of my answer to prayer. I don't want you to struggle with the plan of God. But I want you to take hope simply in me. I walked with you for three years. I showed you the Father. I showed you his love. I showed you his power. I taught you the lessons of the kingdom of God. And I'm asking that right now that be enough for you. And you be able to say, Lord, because I know you, my hope is fulfilled. Because I know you, my hope is fulfilled. He wanted to give them confidence to release their expectations about events 
and to simply be witnesses. I know Jesus, and because I know him, my hope is fulfilled. How easy is it for you and I to sit where the apostles are sitting? I remember when I was a kid anticipating the second coming of Jesus, the second advent of Jesus. In fact, I remember laying in my bed. I think I was about 11 or 12. And oddly enough, here were the thoughts I had. Jesus, I'm super excited about you coming back. But I kind of want to get married first. And I kind of want to have some kids. So, I mean, your plan, your God, I'm not asking you to change anything, but man, it would be cool. And I figured, okay, I'm going to be 40 in the year 2000. So would you come after that? 2000 would be great. And sure enough, I got there. I got to 2000, and I was married. Tricia and I had six kids, and I was ready. I know this sounds super selfish, just me. (laughs) But then I began to watch in a different way. Jesus, I'm ready now. I have all the things I had hoped for in this life, and I'm ready for you to come back. And every year I get a little older and the weight of all that is broken and all that is sad increases on me. I'm not trying to be depressing to anyone younger than me. I'm just wanting you to know at 60 years of age, the layers of weight and waiting just keep increasing. And lately they've been kind of overwhelming until I was confronted with this truth that Jesus has asked me to hope in him as a person as a king, as a Messiah, as the Son of God, to hope in him and not in timing and not in events. And I can say to you, at least this morning, I've accepted that. And I can say, Jesus, I know you. And that's all I need. And to be honest with you now, I'm not anxious about the pandemic or how quickly the vaccine comes or how quickly the broken things in my home get remedied or even how quickly I grow and mature, they're going to happen. They're going to happen when they need to happen. They're going to happen when it's good for them to happen. And that schedule doesn't belong to me. That schedule belongs to God. My hope is in the person of Jesus Christ. And I can say when I pray for the brokenness in my own family, God, I'm not anxious. I'm sad, and it's heavy, and it's hard but I'm not going crazy because I know when the time is right, you will fix these things. Jesus, I would love for you to come back. I'm so tired of waiting for you. But I know you and I know there are people out there, including people I love, who haven't yet started to follow you. And so my hope is in you and not that you come back now. You fill in the blank to whatever you are finding that you just can't wait for, whatever you're anxious about. And know that the time will come, but our hope is in Jesus alone. So this afternoon, you're going to take your Advent packets home, or you're going to come by and pick them up, or we're going to bring them to you. And tonight, if you want to follow along with us, the tradition is to light the first candle, as we have here on this table. This is the candle of hope. You're going to find in your packet that there's a story to read, there's a verse to memorize, there are some crafts to do if you have children. Um, You can certainly pray some prayers, but we encourage you to take some time this afternoon or this evening to do the things in the packet, to light your candle, and to celebrate Advent with us. And we will continue to walk through these next few Sundays celebrating not only hope, but peace 
and joy and love. Well, let's get ready to worship. If you don't have your mask on, I encourage you to put it on here inside uh, the room and go ahead and stand up. For those of you at home, set aside your things. Maybe it's a time when you want to stand up where you are and raise your hands, whatever posture seems right. But let's worship Jesus. He is our hope.